Hi guys, welcome to the 2x e-commerce podcast show. This is episode number 11, where I'll be speaking about dropshipping, Facebook marketing, user experience, and design. But before I get into the intro, I have a quick announcement to make. I'll be speaking at the Commerce Exchange Conference. It's an e-commerce conference in York of North England next Wednesday, the 8th of April. My talk is going to be about rapid e-commerce growth, key drivers to achieving triple digit growth. I'll be delving into the business DNA and business models adopted by fast growth e-commerce startups with examples and case studies. If you can make the show, I've got a ticket, a special promotion code you could use. It's 2X Media. That's 2X M E D I A. Use it at checkout and you get 20% off, 20 pounds off um, the 60 pound ticket. So it'd be essentially 40 quid, 40 pounds. So just head over to thecommerceexchange.co.uk to to buy your tickets. It'd be fantastic if, you know, I could actually meet any of my listeners up in the the conference. So please, um, if you can make it, just give me a shout and say you heard this on the podcast show okay now down to to back to the to, to the show um well i'm going to be talking about drop shipping you know, drop shipping is a very dicey subject most dealers e-tailers that, that drop ship often hesitate to admit that you drop ship that's because it's murky it, you know from it, it doesn't really have a you know very good um impression in in e-commerce in general However, some you know dropshippers are doing a damn good job at it. My guest on today's show used to dropship some of their products with dropshippers in the past. They still do, and now they've set up a new fast growth business that actually dropships on behalf of retailers. It's 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 a it's packed with with lots of lots of info. Um, She'll be, you know, giving a very well-rounded advice on adding value and brand equity to differentiate your brand when you drop ship. So um, it's it's going to be a great talk. Hang on. Welcome to the Two X E-Commerce Podcast Show, where we interview founders of fast-growing seven and eight-figure e-commerce businesses and e-commerce experts. They'll tell their stories, share how they 2X'd their businesses, and inspire you to take action in your own online retail business today. And now, here he is, the man in the mix, Kunle Campbell. Hi, 2Xers. Welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast show. I'm your host, Kunle Campbell. And, you know, this is the podcast where I interview e-commerce entrepreneurs and online marketing experts who help uncover e-commerce marketing tactics and strategies to help you, my fellow 2Xers, double specific e-commerce metrics in your online stores. So if you're looking to double specific metrics such as conversions, average order value, repeat customers, traffic, and ultimately sales, you're in the right place. Okay. Today I have the head of marketing at Printful, um, Startup Vitamins, and Be Happy, all housed under the Drugheim Group. And her name is Julia Gifford. Um, Julia, could you take a minute to introduce yourself, please? 
Indeed. Hi, everyone. My name is Julia. Indeed, thanks for the introduction. Um, uh, I head up uh, marketing for three different e-commerce related sites. One of them is Printful, which is an on-demand dropshipping site that uh, online stores can connect with and automatically send their print products to be fulfilled. Uh, and then the uh, traditional e-commerce stores, Startup Vitamins and BeHappy.me, um, both of which offer inspiring quotes, uh, one for startup entrepreneurs and the other just for people who want some inspiration in their daily life. Right. I think in our pre-interview, I said I'd been, you know, I'd come across Startup Vitamins a number of years ago. And what sort of stood out for me was um, the Get Shit Done campaign, the post that was cleverly executed. It's still on my Pinterest page. Um, so could you tell us more about your your group? We're going to talk about um, the Get Shit Done campaign. Um, this is going to have to be edited out. But um, let's talk about your group. You guys are based in in, in what country? Well, we have headquarters in two countries, one in Latvia and another in the States, in California. Okay, okay. And you're a native of, you, you, you come from Canada? That's right. Okay, okay. And um, so, so what, who are your founders? Um, what's, what's the structure of, of, of the business, of drug, Drogheim Group? Drogim is close enough. <laughs> Drogim, okay, Drogim, Drogim Group, okay. Um, so who are your founders? So our founders are Loris Liberts and Agris Tamanis, and they are both... Um, Latvian entrepreneurs who 11 years ago founded the social network of Latvia called Draugim. And today it is still the last standing social network of, of Europe that still hasn't fallen to Facebook. Um, so uh, it's, uh, it's rare that it exists. And um, what they did is uh, rather than sitting on their laurels, what they, they did is quite smart. They took the profit from the social network and reinvested them into uh, different startups that they saw a need for and a niche for. And so these startups have been developing and growing, and some of them grow into their own companies of their own right. And uh, the, our founders are all about experiments. So if something works, then it develops. If it doesn't work, uh, then it's uh, quickly X'd. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, it's just going lean, the lean um, startup approach. I mean, I, I'm, I'm on their website now, on your website now, and there are about 17 startups loads of them uh, and we're talking about about three of them today so which is the oldest um from startups um startup vitamins printful and be happy uh, of the three the oldest is be happy be happy is the site that offers just generally inspiring happy quotes based on the observation that people really like to share inspiring quotes why don't we make them available in a general marketplace so Be Happy really took off very quickly. There was a lot of social uh, media action and uh, our social media accounts quickly grew into the thousands just because we had this constant flow of uh, shareable visual content. But uh, our founder, Loris, who was kind of heading the uh, expansion to the States, I guess you could say, has, has slightly higher goals, <laughs> a very ambitious guy, and he wanted to make something that's globally recognized. So um, he he came up with the idea to kind of create a similar idea as Be Happy, but create these inspiring quotes specifically for entrepreneurs. And this idea came from when we in Latvia moved to a, a bigger office, which used to be an art gallery, has these huge white walls, and they just couldn't find any relevant startup-y artwork to put up around the office. So again, there was a need, and then they were quick to offer a solution, and then that's how the first batch of uh, Startup Vitamins came. Get You Done was the very first. 
Right. So, so you, your startup moved into fantastic offices. Tried to put some posters up in the wall. You got them up eventually, and you're like, "Wow, well, well um, this could be a business." Your 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 founders were like, well, "Well, this could be a business." And and then you you started to 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 get the momentum to to put it together. How how far between was Be Happy from from startup vitamins? So Be Happy was founded or launched in early 2012, and uh, Startup Vitamins. I think the first designs for the posters were launched around October or November of the same year, so late 2012. Okay, so what's key difference between Be Happy and and Startup Vitamins? Because um, I could still you know buy posters on here, um, t-shirts, canvases, and um, you know uh, canvas, um, cards, mugs, and and the like. One Be Happy, and I think I could do the same on Startup Vitamins. So the difference between the two is that on Be Happy, you can create your own quotes. There is a a quote generator. Then uh, you can choose your fonts, your background. Uh, Whereas for Startup Vitamins, each poster, every design is individually designed by our in-house designers. Okay. Um, I think the key thing I've I've sort of picked up from this conversation really is your DNA. Break down your DNA. you're You're very social you know, at, at the core and, and you're able to expand with these social oriented products or not necessarily products, but platforms, um, startup vitamins, be happy and now printful. How, how did you sort of get that traction, that initial traction, the design, you know, the traction to get out there and create the awareness for, for, for be happy and, um, you know, startup vitamins, you know, they, they were not too far apart when, when they launched. Cause I, I, I noticed you guys back in, Let's see, 2013, that's when I, I, I sort of picked up on the, you know, startup vitamins and it was everywhere. I think I'm subscribed to it. So, so how did you guys sort of start to build the momentum really to, to, to create the awareness for, for, for startup vitamins? Well, at the very beginning, we had zero budget for marketing. So at the very beginning, it was very important that we had visual products that we could share. Um, it also didn't help that our Get Shit Done products were kind of eye-catching and there's a little bit of a shock factor Uh, and uh, people generally like to share these things so for the very first few months I'd say the word of mouth and sharing the word of mouth and marketing was paramount to getting those first loyal followers who were willing to to share our stuff but then as we began to grow uh, we were able to reinvest some of the profit into other marketing uh, forms and and that's when we realized that in fact Facebook advertising, it brought back a huge return on investment specifically for startup vitamins. So we have continued uh, with specifically retargeting ever since. Okay, okay, okay. Let's take a, a step back from the three brands or three brands, which is the most successful? In terms of revenue, Printful, hands down. Printful, okay. Okay, uh, in terms of awareness and social traction, which which is? Yeah, that would probably be more so startup vitamins, at least so definitely in the entrepreneur kind of startup-y culture. A lot of people will recognize the Get Shit Done posters. So wherever they go, they might not know that it's Startup Vitamins. Okay, let's go into Startup Vitamins. Um, how many Facebook likes or you know fans have you guys? We're just approaching 30,000. Okay, how did you get your first 1,000? Ah, the first 1,000 would have been a constant flow of the designs. As I mentioned, one of um, the, the difference between Startup Vitamins and Be Happy is that uh, Startup Vitamins has these specifically designed poster designs. So, of course, we couldn't post a specifically designed poster every day because there just aren't that many resources. Um, so what we did is we started a kind of, there's a blog section on the Startup Vitamins website, and those are just general 
awesome entrepreneurial quotes, which possibly are maybe too long for design, didn't quite make the, the cut, but then that served as kind of the meat of our social content. Yeah, and since these quotes are helpful, they're inspiring, then people didn't have any problem sharing them, and they're not trying to sell anything. Absolutely. I, I recall back in, well, 2012, 2013, and I'll give you 2014, parts of 2014, um, quotes were a big thing, visuals were still a big thing on Facebook, and, mm -hmm. um, you know, some quotes and quotes hacks of Facebook were sharing quotes. So how did it work in your favor? you know, the Facebook algorithm where you get in more than average reach on Facebook off the back of the fact that, you know, you're, you're sharing inspirational visual quotes. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's difficult to say if you compare Be Happy with Startup Vitamins um, because the reach is so dependent on the engagement itself. What really helps is the fact that kind of startup-y entrepreneurial type people who are very tech savvy, they are um, on these social platforms that they are really willing to share and interact with the posts. So that's definitely knowing your audience and knowing how to talk to them in which language. That That's also one of the key success factors to the retargeting campaign, which you had mentioned previously. So was traction or social traction equals cash, um, like revenue or sales, direct sales or you know, was it kind of like a top of the funnel, you know, activity where you were driving awareness and, you know, trickles were after, you know, um, interacting with your brand two, three, four to five times um, eventually got to sell. It was my, my question is basically was, was Facebook traffic converting? Right. Well, so Facebook is still our top referrer in general. And if you look at how that translates into sales, then it is our number three source of sales after Google Direct, and yeah, and then Facebook is uh, in third place with seventeen percent of sales. Now that you mentioned Google, um, what's your take on Facebook versus Google in in marketing? How should e-commerce marketers approach both channels? Well, we had tried it out and I would suggest any e-commerce retailer to, to give it a try because you don't necessarily know how your audience will react. But we found that Google ads had a much smaller return on investment than Facebook ads did. And I'm talking like five or six times smaller for the same invested amount. So that was the deciding factor to stick with what brings the most money in. Going back to Facebook, does, does Facebook generate traffic, you know, um, a burst in traffic or um, does it generate like traffic over a sustained period of time when you create content in, in general, or when you publish a, a new poster? For us, Facebook traffic is quite constant for the most part of the year until we begin targeted campaigns. For the entire year, all throughout the year, uh, we have retargeting ads going on. And then uh, we create targeted campaigns from October to December for the holiday season. And that brings the burst. But in general, uh, it's quite consistent. Yeah, so Facebook isn't what brings the, the jolt in, in traffic, but more so it's email marketing that brings that burst. Email. So, so Facebook probably converts to email. Do you have like an email collection strategy? Given the fact that I'm signed on, what, what's the objective, the key objective of your Facebook campaign? Is it to, to make a sale or to get an email? Well, of course, the conversion, I mean, you can have several campaigns going on and you can choose it to be uh, if you want um, the goal to be uh, to leave their email address or to make a, a purchase. Obviously, we want them to make a purchase. But most important is uh, 
getting their traffic in the first place because once they come to our page, then we're able to retarget them. Um, once they come to our page, we can also work on converting them. Um, and uh, importantly, as you mentioned, is getting the email address because uh, since email is one of still one of the biggest drivers of marketing success in general online, it's so important to get people's emails. So even if uh, they don't open your email address, they still see your brand name flashing up in front front of their eyes. So yeah, we we find email marketing to be one of the most important strategies as well. Yeah, and then the way we do that is um, using um, pop-ups. Uh, if you're thinking about leaving the page, then you'll get, get a pop-up saying leave your email address for a certain amount of percent for of a coupon for your first purchase. Let's kind of, um, sort of structure out your, your Facebook campaign. What does it look like? Do you have multiple campaigns running? Could you break down sort of the setup, how you'd recommend um, an e-tailer or an e-commerce you know, marketer to structure out their, their Facebook campaign? Right. So at first you would have to decide whether you're uh, doing a targeted campaign or a retargeting campaign. So for uh, targeted campaigns, that's just in general, you decide your your audience and those are the people who are going to be shown this ad. Uh, whereas retargeting is the, the people who had once visited your site, they will be shown this ad. So the kind of ad that you will show them will be different in content. So for direct targeted campaigns, we use uh, the built-in uh, tool on Facebook uh, and for retargeting, we use Perfect Audience, which is also a platform to manage that. So if you're doing your targeted campaign, then you can simply go in and uh, under your conversion tracking, you have to select what the goal will be. So is that a registration? Is that a checkout? Is that leaving their email address? For our e-commerce stores, our goal is checkouts, whereas for uh, Printful, our goal is a registration. And then there are other uh, campaigns that you can specifically target. For example, you can use the lookalike campaign option, uh, which is also a really great, powerful tool and uh, should not be forgotten. Yeah, and then uh, just um, kind of playing with uh, the different setups, different images, uh, different copy for the text itself and, and what you're going to say to them. Um, so, for example, we've noticed that uh, a smiling face is... A much better conversion element than a, necessarily a, a random picture of the product. Well, we, we've got the smiling face and the picture of the product, <laughs> which is even better. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, so so um, just to break it down, you have two sorts of campaigns, broadly speaking, the very targeted campaigns and then the retargeted campaigns that would retarget ads to to visitors of, of your site, to, to prior visitors of your site. You could also then um, you know work on lookalike campaigns and then you're talking about you know testing and split testing you know various um ad types in facebook to to to, to understand you know what ads actually work that's very interesting um you just mentioned something about perfect audience why do you use perfect audience rather than facebook is is, is there a you know particular reason is that is it more convenient or do you get more bang for your buck when you use on um, a platform such as perfect audience i suppose it is more bang for your buck um uh, it's simply an, a, a comfortable uh, platform to use to uh, get the get the goal that you want. Though I wouldn't be able to give you any other specific examples. And what do you think about um, the the new um, format? You know, dynamic product ads. Um, Facebook just recently released um, um, for for dynamic. Have, have you guys had any? Have you guys played around with it yet? Or do you mean with the video ads? Um, no, um, the pro dynamic product ads for e-commerce. Um, it was an announcement back in February. And it basically, it, it allows you, it's similar to, to what Google does. You know, when people browse your catalog, 
um, or your category in, in your in, in your store. Um, Facebook would, would would then serve a list of products and in, 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 in news feeds of, 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 of your target audience. So rather than just a single advert, um, you, you, you then have three through a three in one advert based on products, basically very, very e-commerce centric, I, I, I gather. Oh, I think that sounds like a really great option and it will definitely have to be tested. It's it's a very new format. I was just interested to to see if um, you know um, people are starting to adopt it. Let's 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 talk about drop shipping. Have you talked about um, the fact that you've used the drop shipping model both um, for startup vitamins and be happy? Could you break down why um, why the choice? Because you know personally, I see it as um, I, I see a lot of volatility and compromise from a customer service standpoint. If there's a way, can you execute drop shipping, you know, um, well? And and what's been your experience with, with your brands that, um, you know, um, use drop shipping, you know, as um, as an option? Right. Well, at first, when um, as uh, Be Happy and Startup Vitamins were launched, both were drop shipped from a third party. We ran into all of these um, problems in terms of. Um, customer service or the third party company not being able to serve the product or fulfill the products as quickly as we had told our customers that they can expect them. So there would be uh, mixed expectations and inconsistency, things that we couldn't con- control. And for us, it was so important to deliver a very qualitative experience because Startup Vitamins has a big focus on quality rather than anything else that, that was kind of ruining the entire experience. But the reason we had started decided uh, to go with dropshipping is because buying T-shirt machines and mug printers, etc., is quite ex- expensive if uh, you're just getting started out and you don't have uh, that money to put down for it, and you're not even sure if uh, your product will be popular, if you will just end up with 100 T-shirts in stock and no one who's buying them, and then that's just money wasted. Um, so it was important for us to start with dropshipping. But uh, as we came across these problems, that's actually why we started Printful. We bought first our own poster printer because that was the only product that was available on Startup Vitamins at the time. And we started printing our own posters. And uh, the comments we were getting from uh, our customers were saying, oh, my God, the quality is amazing. Can you print my posters for my e-commerce store? At first, we were saying, no, absolutely not. We're not a printing company. And then, uh, again, where there's a demand, there is an opportunity. And uh, so we started offering this to other people. And then because of our terrible experience with dropshippers, we were able to kind of foresee where the problems will be and um, make sure that we don't make those same mistakes. So, for example, one of the issues was our third-party dropshipper, they would inform us that they don't have a certain T-shirt in stock. Or they wouldn't inform us and they just didn't have it in stock and we would be waiting for a month and our customer is unhappy because they haven't received their t-shirt yet uh, and we have no idea why. So, for example, in Printful, what we make sure to do is inform people up front of which t-shirts are available, which aren't, um, which products disable until they do become available again and so on. So little things like that, as well as putting a focus on customer service, as you mentioned, if we make sure that the return address is our address so that we can immediately um, solve the issue rather than having the e-commerce retailer in the middle of everything. And then if we do receive a complaint, then we are, uh, of course, the first to get in touch with the retailer and discuss uh, what needs to be done to make this customer happy. Very, very, very good answers. Is it based off your, your LA company or your, your, your LA office? or? Yeah, that's right. So uh, one of the reasons for having a, a physical presence in the States was so that we would be able to ship from within the States because that's where 90% of their, our sales 
uh, go, as that I believe could be similar for, for many other online retailers. So then that would be cheaper shipping costs and also faster shipping times. Okay. And you did mention something about Printful, the fact that um, you, you, you reveal um, availability to, to customers up front. You're very, very open with it. Um, but with, with drop shipping, how are you able to get that visibility on stock levels or um, am I missing something? Well, we are in touch with our uh, our retailers. So as soon as an email, uh, as soon as we get an order for a product that isn't in stock, then we will have an automatic emailing system that we will send out to the retailer saying, FYI, this product isn't in stock. Uh, you can either change up the order or you can wait a month until it comes back. Oh, okay, okay. To, to the customer, to, to, to your actual customer. So it's a, a technological uh, kind of solution, I guess, and that's where we have the hands up because we are first and foremost a tech company. Then we have the skills, the knowledge, the people who can implement um, kind of possibly more technologically advanced solutions than your everyday print fulfillment dropshipper. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So with, with all three brands, what percentage of sales are fulfilled directly from your offices out in LA as compared to or in comparison to to, to dropship partners you have? Uh, well, I would say something like 90% is fulfilled by us. By us. The reason for the, the other 10% would be, for example, uh, Startup Vitamins, our second most popular product is the Get Shit Done book, which we don't ourselves print, but um, our publisher, Penguin Books, prints. So that's that, and we, we receive the stock, and then we're able to sell it. And of course, they also have their channels through bookstores and, and whatnot. And at the same time, we just started a, a dropshipping experiment for a start of vitamins for a new product, which is kind of like wooden engraved posters. So yeah, so we decided to create an experiment with a very small stock at first, see if there's demand for it and within a week they were all sold out so that's an experiment that we're going to have to continue uh, i like the, i like i like the, the choice of words experiment i'm very very startup <laughs> if it if the experiment actually you know proves to to be right or proves to, to to go in line with the hypothesis then um would you repeat it or would you say okay this makes sense. Let's bring this competency in-house. Well, that would be the traditional, yes. That, that would be the, the option. Of course, it all depends on how it goes further. But uh, yes, in, in general, that's how it's been done. Um, whereas if we don't have the skills or, like you said, the competency, and that would have to be evaluated if uh, it's reasonable to invest in the equipment that needs to be made and the people who are able to, to operate the equipment. But yes, that is generally how it works. Yeah. Commercials have to work. Okay, so um, you know, dropshipping exactly. So dropshipping really could be used for experimenting initially and then scaling out to to, to a full fledged operation if um, if if the commercials actually work. That's right. And a lot of e-commerce stores take advantage of these similar uh, kind of experiments for new products. They can dropship only one new product and uh, see if it's worth buying stock afterwards. Uh, I just love that um, in terms of experiment, um, dropshipping and experiment. It's, it's really, really go hand in hand. They're very, very complimentary. And then your book. Is, is Get Shit Done book um, a book of quotes or is, is that a normal book? It is. It's a book filled with something like 190 quotes and just the most vibrant or interesting or impactful quotes from Startup Vitamins are put onto one page each of the book. And uh, yeah. 
It's great, great inspiration, daily, daily dose of inspiration. Just read, read a page a day and, and get inspired. And obviously every, every page probably has a poster, which you could order from Startup Vitamins. <laughs> yeah, the, the design is slightly altered from the original so that it fits kind of the general book's color combination. But yeah. <laughs> it's brilliant, brilliant marketing then. Brilliant, brilliant marketing. Okay. Right. Next set of questions really has got to do with what you'd suggest um, in terms of what kind of products would you, given your success um, with dropshipping, what products make the ideal candidate for for e-commerce dropshipping? I'd say that the ideal products are products that you can add the added value to. For example, I mean, if we're talking not only about print products like what we do at Printful, I mean, there are so many dropshippers out there who dropship things like paint and coconut oil and whatnot. And they're all coming from dropshippers, the same kind of group of dropshippers. So essentially, your job is to create that added value for that product. So if you have a way to create that added value, like, for example, we're not just selling posters, we're selling interesting posters for entrepreneurs. And so that, that's where the added value is. That's where we can ask a little bit more money than a regular poster or blank T-shirt or something like that. Because I guess, you know, it'd be a race to the bottom if it's just commoditized. You know, you, you sell the same thing as the next man there. So when shoppers are actually coming in or the next brand there, when shoppers are actually coming in, they just go for the cheaper brand. But if you add that value, it'd be interesting. In, in terms of value, um, there's the... In, in your case, it's 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 the content and the design, you know, the aesthetics there. But could you, for instance, say the value could be in customer service, or the value could be in packaging, for instance, the way things come in, like you know, arguably some some you know some tech, some techies would argue that, um, for instance, you know, the iPhone or bits, a pair of um headphones, Beats headphones are you know are not um value for money, but um they all come really packaged. How can you add value? I know in your example, you, you talked about um, the, the design and the content, but what sort of ways can brands, or do you think um, brands can add value when it comes to dropshipping, especially? It's, it's a challenge, isn't it? Yeah, I think, I guess that really depends on your dropshipper and how much they let you customize. For example, one element could be your marketing. You, you just have to do fantastic marketing for your product. Or, for example, your label, or specifically the bottle that your coconut oil comes in. But at the same time, then uh, you have to see uh, how how flexible your dropshipper is. For example, for Printful, the way we can add value for a customer is um, we offer we have uh, non-branded um, packaging so that Printful doesn't show up anywhere. But what we do is we offer our uh, retailers to print a free sticker, which is then put on uh, the packages that are sent under their names. So there's there's that. Um, for example, with uh, Startup Vitamins, when we send out our uh, products, every once in a while we'll throw in a few stickers or something nice so that when people open their products, their packages, then uh, they have a nice little surprise, little extras. So the question is, can your can your drop, dropshipper do this? Otherwise, it's in your hands to create the value, whether it's with your design, whether it's with your marketing, whether it's with your website experience. You guys do an excellent job on, on design in terms of the user experience and, and your design. There's just something glossy rich about the experience even subtle things like on the the top bar there's a notification it says you know great we shipped to the uk and you know just subtle things like that the the style of the buttons 
Um, I like design and um, it's it's a delight, you know, browsing. And it seems like you guys are getting better. Printful actually looks better. Even the choice of typography is important. It's It all just seems to, to work well, you know, and just fit in with your brand. So my question is, um, from a value perspective, connecting to this um, added value perspective, how do you, this is obviously intentional. Um, so do you have dedicated design resources, managing these websites or designing this website, you know, given constant improvement? So before you build out a business, do you really think about, um, since you've built about three businesses out off the back of um, print, do you think about design? How how important is design in, in general? Well, design is one of the cornerstones of the Drogam group in general. It's um, always been part of, and even the offices reflect it and the company culture reflects it. And so we have very high standards for our designers. They I mean, they're very incredibly talented people. And within our entire team, everyone is in a constant form of self-development in their own industry, in their own niche. So they'll be constantly reading, learning, uh, viewing good case practices about UX, going to conferences. And uh, it's kind of a joint effort. Not only are our designers good designers and UX designers, but even our programmers have a good understanding of uh, user experience and therefore they can also with their programming skills they can suggest what, a, a better form to be done uh, or a better flow for for the user so it's kind of uh, the entire team comes with their bits and pieces of knowledge and it all meshes we have five different designers uh, for the drug game group so, so five people are behind what i'm seeing now yeah i mean uh Predominantly, well, you'll have one designer that um, creates the first version of the entire page. But then, uh, for example, depending on what needs to be done, others may take over. Okay, let's let's dig in because again, so I'm on your page on Printful, for instance, and um, again, you know, I still have an eye for design. There's the subtle things. The get me started button has an arrow, and the arrow just seems to be, you know, moving not in a spammy way. But just giving a nudge, almost like a nudge, you know, click me, click me. And that you can't communicate on a static mock-up. You know, at, at the top of that, we, there's, um, we print your custom design on T-shirts and then it disappears. And then there's sweatshirts and then there's canvas. And um, that, again, is tied in with copy. Right. So, so how do you kind of layer these up because normally the process is quite linear or finish your, your mock-ups and then you know you, you code it up and then you probably put copy or you start off with copy and then you design around copy and then you know you you, you code that out so so how how does the concept actually come this experience come does everybody sit and you know together to to, to build out the this experience yeah well there there's i mean Printful is a huge page and a huge uh, site now. It's it's grown into something very large. And uh, at first, it generally is. It's kind of a the project manager comes together with a designer, programmer, and copywriter. And there's this little powwow, discuss the feeling and uh, the message that needs to be portrayed. And then for different projects, sometimes it happens different. Sometimes it's first the text comes and then it's given to the designer. And then the designer has to figure out how to make that visually happen on the page Sometimes it's the design that comes first, and then you have to figure out how to, in that allotted space, portray this message. Recently, what we've been trying out is the kind of sitting next to each other and going through everything, designer and copywriter, hand in hand, to figure out how much space needs to be allotted to what and why. Um, so also, again, it's just a constant form of experimentation. And you mentioned the, the moving arrow. 
that's a, a result of uh, just reading up and learning um, and reading case studies and reading about conversion rate optimization. I mean, the, the moving arrow used to not be there. But, you know, after reading an article about how this little little moving arrow can convert possibly better than, okay, you know, it's something so tiny and insignificant, but um, then, you know, you just kind of add it as time goes by and then it comes together and then you're left with what the printful page is now. But it's constantly developing. We're doing constant tests. For example, um, the printful page is very long with lots of uh, content. And for a while, we were doing an A-B test to take out the majority of that content and just leave the bare minimum in the sign-up page button and see if that converts better. And if it did, then we would take out the, the majority of the content. It turns out it did not convert better, so we left it as it is. So just these constant experiments, because, I mean, if you think it works well one year, then two years can go by, and maybe people have changed, people's behaviors and tendencies and online use has changed. So yeah, it's uh, just a constant process of uh, making everything better. Okay, I have another question in regards to to Printful again. I'm on the site and I I've just clicked on Get Me Started, and I seem to have been sort of um, what is it called firewalled for, with a sign up page. Is is there a reason why you before I could do anything? There's there's this sign up page. Does it create fiction or is it intentional? Well, it is, it is intentional because um, the goal in general is to become a registered user. Of course, there are, there are different resources that are completely available to anyone who isn't registered. And you can see you know, the product, the pricing, the about us, and so on and so forth. And then we also have a lot of tools that we created for our users, which we've actually made publicly uh, available. For example, t-shirt mock-up generators. So, for example, if you don't have the time or the money to do product photography for products that you're selling, then you can just upload your design and we superimpose it onto the products that you're selling. Right now, it's just a T-shirt, and then they can use that on their store. And and this is a, a tool that's uh, available to everyone, not only our users. So anyone who wants to put a design on a T-shirt. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay, you mentioned the fact that Printful is the biggest of, of all brands from a revenue standpoint. Do you mind um, sharing what the revenue figures for each brand was in 2014? Uh, yeah. So um, in uh, yeah. So during the past year, Printful made something like uh, just under three million in revenue. Start of Vitamins was seven hundred thousand, and Be Happy was two hundred thousand. Be Happy was two hundred thousand. Okay. Um, when was Printful started? Uh, just about a year and a half ago. Okay. So eighteen months to three million. It's not that's not bad at all for an e-commerce um, venture. We think so too. To be managed from Europe, we think it's pretty awesome. <laughs> That's amazing. That, that is amazing. Okay, and and where where majority of, of your customers coming from? Uh, the majority are from the states. Right. Okay. Okay. So how have you been able to get the word of mouth out about Printful? What's a major source of revenue for Printful? Uh, one of the keys to uh, expanding Printful is to integrate with these ready-made e-commerce platforms like Shopify and Magento, Big Commerce, WooCommerce. Etc. So once we're, we're integrated with them, then there's already this kind of audience that is just ready and hungry for a print fulfillment partner. And uh, all we have to do is target them, for example, in a Facebook ad, and then, and then quickly expand to them or then work together with that platform to get a shout out in a newsletter or write a guest post for their blog or something like that. So these integrations just kind of accessing these little 
pockets of, of ready-made e-commerce users, retailers, that's definitely the biggest driver in the new user acquisition okay so it's it's largely businesses that looking to get their printing done startup businesses am i correct or right now the majority of printful users are people who have a really great idea for for example like a t-shirt company they don't have the time or the money to deal with sourcing the product with uh, shipping the product um, they don't have money to keep stock because since printful drop shipping is it's one off it's on demand there is absolutely zero risk. So you only pay for a product once you have an order come into your store. I think we should even do a separate podcast for this. This is very, very interesting because I'm wondering how it works, Paige. So Gary starts out, he, he buys something at your store and then you fulfill for them. You're an engine. Would you provide the customization engine in their Shopify store or their Magento store, for instance? Is because you said you, you plug into to, to these platforms. Yeah, so we do. We plug in in the sense that as soon as an order goes into Gary's store, then it is automatically sent to us and they don't even have to do anything. It's just automatically printed and fulfilled and sent out. And how quickly do you fulfill for them? Our average is two and a half business days. Two and a half. So you, you guys are dropshippers yourselves. You're, you you yeah. dropship for them. Yeah, that's right. And, and and then what challenges are you finding with being drop shippers, you know, being on the other side for these brands, you know? I'm quite sure because of your plugin, it's really helping in terms of um, getting data in and, you know. Yeah, well, like I said, that's how uh, we're ahead above the rest because we are a tech company and therefore we can create these plugins and integrations possibly at a higher level than, like I said, your average print fulfillment drop shipper. For us, for possibly... Um, since we've only been doing this for not even two years, it's still a learning process and um, we're, we're still growing it. And it's really cool to be growing together with our users. And so the, the challenge is keeping up with the demand. So, for example, like I said, when we first began, all that we offered were posters and then they were framed posters and then they were T-shirts and then mugs and so on. And um, so it's uh, keeping up with other users' demands, not to mention the knowledge that comes with kind of the printing industry. I guess one of the big challenges is, for example, if uh, a t-shirt comes out not quite right with a smudge on the design because of our quality standards, we're not going to send it out. So it's kind of just trying to figure out how to minimize those kind of, those garments that are can't be. Okay, I, I have another question. It's really, really, really interesting. What's percentage of sales coming directly from the printful.com versus your integration with partners with with retailers oh that's a really good question but i don't have the statistics on me right now uh i wouldn't be able to say okay okay and does the 80 20 rule apply to the partners you have so the the stores these entrepreneurs that have ideas for you know print businesses are you getting 80 percent of your business from a handful of partners of, of sellers or is it evenly spread from from a revenue standpoint that definitely used to be true it's very possible that lately they have been eclipsed by just the small kind of growing online retailers because it's becoming so popular lately and the tools are so available that anyone can start up their own uh, their online uh, garment store like t-shirt store poster store you know there's, there's, there's so many interesting lessons here a lot of um technology companies quote unquote don't like touching products in the first place so it must have been a big leap for for you, for you guys to, to set up a venture that you know kind of handled you know products initially and then now you're back to technology and with the expertise of products which which is quite interesting so this is a hybrid 
There's there's lots of potential with Printful. I can see here. Absolutely, yeah. So it, it's definitely a learning curve, and then that's why our growth is also incremental. We start with one product, we master it, then we can add the next product once we've got it down pat. For example, just um, I think two months ago, we launched uh, sublimation t-shirts, which are the all-over printing t-shirts, which lately have become so in demand. So it's just kind of adapting to uh, the market demand, and yeah, it's definitely a learning curve. It's a leap of faith. Also, not to mention um, going from our northern European climates to California, where it turns out that your equipment can just stop working in the heat. <laughs> Ouch! Yeah, absolutely true, true, true. Do you, Do you want us to touch on anything? Have I covered a lot of, of ground, or is is there anything? I think you've covered a lot, a lot of ground. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I I still have a few questions because you mentioned something about um your pop up strategy where you have this exit intent um pop ups that display coupon codes. To, to, to grab those email addresses what advice or do you have a coupon code strategy in in place for for our uk users coupons mean vouchers you know voucher codes um so do you have you know coupon code strategy you know um in place and yeah if you do how does it work yeah, so we have kind of our a set of already existing coupons. Like I mentioned, if as soon as you want to leave the website, then uh, there's a pop-up that shows up. We use two different tools for that. One is SumoMe and another is called Max Traffic. And um, they both do similar things with the pop-ups. And as soon as you, you move your mouse to go back or exit out, then it kind of pops up and, are you sure you want to leave? And, enter your email address and get this 5% discount code. And uh, so that's, first of all, then we, we get their email address, which we can then use to market to them afterwards. And second of all, it's also a nudge for them to make their first purchase. And then once they have made their first order, something like a month later, they receive another email asking them how they enjoy their product. Is everything okay? And by the way, here's another coupon for you. Uh, and then that kind of stimulates them to make their second order. So about two, and then um, what happens after the, the first two? Oh, and then uh, and then they're hooked for life, and we don't. Gateway <laughs> 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 drug. <laughs> okay. Um, so you, you mentioned Sumo on me. Um, by it's by Noah Noah Kagan. Um, yeah. Is, is there a reason why you're you're switching between Sumo on me and um, traffic? Is it maximizer you said? Or? Max traffic. Max traffic, um, sorry. Well, no, we started out using Max traffic before SumoMe was available. So, and they are excellent. They're also a Latvian startup and they're really great. So we started using them for Be Happy and it worked really well. And now, for example, SumoMe has this really great tool, which we use in our blog. Blogging is also an excellent source of traffic. And for, for Printful, for example, it's uh, one of our top referrals that leads to a registration but yeah, so then at the end of a blog post, we have this function where uh, we offer, for example, um, 10 free images, which is you know something that we discussed previously in the, the blog post. And then all they have to do to download those images is to leave their email address. And then SumoMe collects those emails and sends it and integrates it to our MailChimp um, email list. And um, so yeah, so with this tool alone, uh, which we've used for maybe three different blog posts, we've got something like 150 uh, email addresses. So you, you, you kind of display, so the pop comes and says, hey, would you like to download these free images? These, these are like templates. Posters or it's a it's a button at the bottom of the blog post saying okay now you've learned the lessons and click this button to get your templates to implement these lessons. Oh okay gotcha 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 okay 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 
and swimming is free isn't it so so there's no cost involved at least for for the moment it definitely was free i'm not sure if it still is okay okay now let's go back to to your blog because i'm I'm on the blog it's a good thing you mentioned the blog because i was going to um kind of close up on the interview so so what's been the blogging strategy you've been only around for 18 months um was it planned out um and how far was it planned out for initially um, and how did you kind of learn? Did you learn iteratively in terms of like feedback um, from from content? You know how how the audience actually responds to content and then sort of reiterate it. And yeah, well, as I had mentioned, we have been in, we're always in a constant process of self educating and learning from the best that there are, uh, etc. And then recently, it's just been so overwhelming that it's obvious that you need to deal with a lot of content marketing to have kind of like the the pull marketing rather than the push marketing to have people trust you. Also for search engine optimization reasons, or even just to like explain something more in detail if you don't have the space. From the very get-go, it was clear to us that we need to be blogging. At first, for example, I was more geared towards sales, but then with time, seeing the need, I've definitely switched over more into a content marketing role to facilitate this. I think the challenge is, you know, management always love to, to know ROI. And um, if you say you're, you know, you invest in X amount of money on an infographic and it requires research and you need to pay the designers this, it doesn't generate you know, sales. However, you know, it generates loads of links, which obviously help your domain authority. Well, some, you know, companies don't actually, you know, appreciate that. They, they want to see direct, you know, return, you know, direct sales. How would you advise marketers to bring the case format content marketing to owners who are just, you know, looking at black and white, you know, numbers, hard numbers? Yeah, I totally agree with you because with content marketing, you can't, you don't have direct feedback. You don't have, okay, you posted this, therefore tomorrow you will have more traffic. It's not really how it works all the time. And it's kind of like a snowball effect that the more you work on it, the more it grows, the more it takes care of itself, uh, the more effect you have. So definitely at the very beginning, it's very hard to prove that there is some sort of return on investments. So possibly from the very beginning, you have to go with case studies to say, hey, check out these companies that have been able to grow this and this much. So for example, with Printful, we can say that a third of our registrations come directly from the blog. Therefore, you have a direct kind of reason to say that you know we need to invest in in creating content in in writers and creating these long stories that makes sense okay let's let's round up it's almost coming to an hour but it's been a fantastic i, I didn't see some things coming really um which which is good which is which is brilliant of um of interviewing and you know talking and just um you know digging through my final question has got to do with with the kind of businesses that you use print for so you know, these startups, these Shopify startups, these these guys that have ideas, you know, are you seeing any trends? Are they quite yoppy? You know, um, are they quite young? Because I, I, I remember I interviewed, there was a time I was um, interviewing some, some chaps and one guy really stood out um, for me because we have an apprenticeship thing and I was trying to, you know, hire some under 20s um, for, for an old business of mine. And, you know, he was a, he just, he, he told me he had a, sh- a t-shirt business, you know, and um, it was quite entrepreneurial, you know, it was just quite memorable for me. You know, he had designs and everything. So, you know, for, for all I know, he could have been using you guys or, you know, whoever, or, or, or a provider. But um, 
are, are you finding the demographic of you know these um stores to be you know quite young people you know trying to to deliver an alternative to the established corporate you know fashion brands out there or is it just corporates you know trying to design um you know t-shirts for for their conference and you know stuff like that so what what's the the trend you're seeing from 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 this new businesses well i think it's definitely a younger demographic for sure because first of all they're they're comfortable on in the internet kind of world and second of all they have the technology to first of all create a design second of all to create an online store third of all to integrate it with printful and so they're definitely tech savvy young hip people who aren't finding what they want in the uh, the fashion world and so they create their own with their own added value then of course there's also the other demographic which is kind of established for example artists um, musicians or just, for example, there's even like a golf club, like not not like a thing that you hit the ball with, but a group of people. Um, and they have kind of their own forum online. And then they've also got a tab that says shop. And then you can shop with their logo on top of it. So it's just a really like a quick way to pe- give people the merchandise, the paraphernalia that they want without investing a whole lot of time and money making it happen. And what kind of margins are they, do, do they typically put on their cost yeah well okay i can give you an example two of our most popular t-shirt basic t-shirts are 15 and 16 dollars each oh that's not including shipping now so that that's what it costs the the retailer to get this t-shirt with a printing on so it's really up to them how much of their profit they want to put on i think easily the majority will tack on ten dollars so 25 dollars for a t-shirt is absolutely normal and uh, and then it depends on uh, the added value and you can go up from there so, for example, one of our uh, clients is a popular cartoonist, and so he's able to sell his posters with a much higher price than what a regular. Editor. Circles back to what you said before with dropshipping, which is you know adding that value, the you know building that equity initially from content and design. Um, then you could afford to 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 be different. You differentiate yourself, and you know you charge more. Yeah, let's fantastic. Um, good stuff. Oh, so I'm just going to ask you three last questions. They're all. Advice, advice, advice. Um, one is advice for dropship e-commerce businesses. Uh, jump in and try it out. Try it out. Okay. And the second is advice for growing and scaling e-commerce marketing. Uh, retargeting. Retargeting. Okay. And finally, <laughs> advice for e-commerce success from Facebook traffic. Uh, knowing your audience and adapting the message to them. Good stuff, good stuff, good stuff. Thank you so much, Julia, for, for being part of the show today. It was fun having you on. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. Yes. <laughs> All right, bye for now. Thanks for listening to this episode of 2X e-commerce. To help you get more actionable insights and e-commerce growth hacks that will help you 2X your online retail business, hop over to 2xecommerce.com. It's a blog dedicated to e-commerce and multi-channel marketing run by the show's host, Kunle Campbell. 2xecommerce.com is packed full of articles and guides to help increase traffic to your store, increase repeat purchases, and average order value. Thanks for listening. Visit 2xecommerce.com.